Degenerate Business School is brought to you by Pharaoh Ramses II. He knew a thing or two about pestilence. So that that was my question to you as I uh, pull up my two sentence write-up. All right. So this week, after the bear rally last week, the S&P shed 2% roughly. We're like tottering just below 2,500. But this is like in the face of the jobs report today was a slaughterhouse. Uh, yeah. Whatever the worst, the worst spike in unemployment since 1975, and you have the six million now six million plus unemployment claims, like a guaranteed recession. And even in spite of all that, like we're still hovering at twenty five hundred, basically. Yep. So yeah. you, you would think you would think the apocalypse would be baked into the pie at this point. Um, yeah, so a couple of things, I guess, propping up markets. Um, obviously, it's Jer Bear, Unlimited QE. Gerald. They're, they're doing crazy stuff right now. They're, they're buying corporate debt. They're just they're buying everything under the sun. I send you that that chart. Yeah, where it shows that hockey stick of like, okay, so we were at four trillion Fed balance sheet, and then it just spikes to like five point eight. I think that we're at right now, which is nuts. Just means that they just injected one point eight trillion into the economy just by buying just stuff. Yeah, like it's buying buying corporate debt, buying treasuries, buying mortgage backed. Um, so and isn't that's the, isn't I think the repo mechanism now like open to foreign central banks. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I think that that too. I think you got other foreign central banks coming in and buying stuff too. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a, a free for all, and everyone sees it. And I think there's like certain traders that can that can arbitrage off this. Do you see some crazy arbitrage stories of like you know things that are selling at certain coupons, and the Fed comes in and buys it, and then you know the, you just make a quick profit as they're buying you know on a, like a slight premium. Yeah. So crazy stuff like that's going on, and I think that's just propping up markets along with a lot of the stimulus. But it's short-lived to me. Yeah, yeah that's a, so I guess the broader question is, is part of where we are now a refusal on the part of, let's just say if there's a, an, if there's a, a community consensus, an investor community consensus that mm-hmm. there's a refusal to believe that this is something beyond a, let's just say one month phenomenon. Like there's, yeah, some, think, there, there's some ignorance or uh, willful ignorance on the part of the investor community to acknowledge how bad the scale of the problem is. I think so. I think it's hard to wrap your head around. I think some get it, but maybe the consensus might see it as just like a one to two month thing where it could go on throughout the entire year. Right. Um, and when the numbers come out, you know, might not hit home. You know, when we, even the president would forecast, you know, one to 200,000 deaths, which at right now we're at, I think like 6,000. But once you, once this hits like, you know, middle America, 
you know, it's going to get very ugly. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that, that whole thing hasn't been baked. And then the job losses, no one knows. I mean, everyone's saying 10% unemployment, but it's probably going to be a little much higher than that. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of just, you know, the market just hasn't baked in the worst of it yet. Yeah, the, the psychology of it's fascinating because you have the massive, massive sell-off was on the heels of, I mean, the worst of it was basically like when, I'm going to say all of us, as in all Americans with white-collar jobs started like working from home, and then there was, there was a bear rally. But at that point, what, if we want to call it like two weeks ago, when I, when I obviously should have, should, have, should have sold SPXS and you did, good job by you. Uh, that even then, like some of the really galling statistics that you just talked about hadn't even come out yet. And it wasn't even apparent that it was going to be as bad as it obviously is going to be now. Even, even if you believe the conservative end of the estimates. So it's surprising that the panic and the sell-off happened two weeks ago and it hasn't become even more acute now. This is a little bit baffling in that respect. It is, but at the same time, it's, you know, this is like, the central bank coming in to save the day uh so there's a lot of that and then also another thing that maybe not talked about as much like the market was already overweight a lot of tech like you can talk about you talk about the tech monopolies but it's overweight a lot of those companies and those companies are largely you know not that effective or stand to even do better after the crisis but once but when you look at like the cyclicals you know when the the market went below 2200 those cyclicals were like dirt cheap, like oil, yeah. you know, sort of retail, hospitality, all that. And so you can't really, it's hard to really imagine that stuff even getting lower. I mean, it can get lower theoretically, maybe it should, but those were so dirt cheap that you buy those up and then that's what's propped up the market up to, you know, where we're at 24 right now. Yeah. So it's the weighting of the S&P where maybe that limits the downside given that, you know, Amazon's always going right. to, you know, retain its value. It's the, te- so the tech monopoly resistance mm-hmm. being a much bigger share of the S&P and the yep. valuation of the S&P. Yeah, that's interesting. So then you, you we, we were talking about how there's a debate among some circles, I won't say which, about what shape the recovery takes whether it's a V uh, or a U, the uh, radical W, <laughs> you you think it's a, a J, meaning you have a short, acute sell-off or even uh, recession followed by uh, a long recovery, a long and gradual recovery. Is that is that what a J means in your mind? Yeah, I think it would be... A lot of depressed, I mean, depressed, depressed prices for a while. I mean, you'll probably hit a bottom, let's say, directly. Maybe you, we can get below 2000 We probably will. We probably won't stay there that long. Because if we get too low, I think the Fed actually is going to start buying equities, yeah. which then is like definitely unprecedented. But then once it's like investors get the all clear, this thing's going to go past its highs, I think, with all the, with all the, um, the, the liquidity sloshing around. Yeah. At the same time, we're still going to have high unemployment. I think that's going to be persistent. Um, so I'm not sure how that how that's going to play out. There's like a, there's there's two kind of competing forces, but at the same time, there's so much liquidity out there that it'll it'll probably might even shoot to like four thousand. You can even see that. 
Um, well, so I it's mean, all possible. To your point, and I'm putting on my Andy Yang hat right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is it's almost like this event is hastening the destruction of like these people in America who aren't college educated that have retail jobs. And I don't mean death. I just mean like employment of people have retail jobs or work in food service to where, you know, their, their employment was always precarious to begin with. And then when something like this happened it kind of wipes them off the board and their, their jobs in particular aren't crucial to equity growth or an equity rebound. As shitty, yeah, as right. shitty as and as callous as that sounds, it's kind of like to your point about the S and P now being overweight on tech or appropriately weighted on tech, however you want to look at it. That that's like incredible amounts of market cap produced by a very select few number of employees who are super skilled, which is yeah. what the new economy looks like. So, yeah, Andrew Yang, I, I want my UBI if I get swept up in it. Yeah, that this might speed up that process where, you know, a lot of these jobs that are going to, you know, if we get like 15, 20% unemployment, which definitely is possible, a lot of those jobs aren't going to come back. And we already see these firms that are speeding up their automation process. Those jobs might be gone. And, you know, so you still help have corporate profits. Uh, it's yeah. going to be good for that, but uh, it's going to be bad for um, obviously the worker and, and, the, and then aggregate demand is going to be depressed for a while until you have like some sort of UBI solution, which might be coming. Who knows? Who knows how the political landscape will look? But um, that's all that stuff is like kind of these hanging questions that no one really knows about. But it's definitely like a possible future we can see. Do you think, do you think to some degree what we talked about, like the indifference, so the indifference on the part of the market today, like the, job, the jobs report comes out and is horrible. And the market corrects less than two percent. Um, is is to some degree is is there an indifference to the magnitude of the job loss because it's being discounted by the investor community as low wage retail food service? It's not actually like that meaningful, or it's just, it's to your point. It's actually just the the prop up is so robust from the Fed right now that it's kind of muting a bigger impact that might have otherwise happened. Yeah, I think there's certain things that are muted. I think the big headline, maybe because the unemployment, maybe some of it, a lot of it was baked in. Plus the jobs report, I think is only, you know, they only called those guys at home sitting on the couch, like on, you know, up to like early March. I think so. It doesn't really bake in the worst of it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So there's, there's that. So it wasn't, I mean, you should, the next, the, yeah, the, the April jobs report is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I think the, the kind of the, the narratives in the last couple of days was, was early in the week was the fed. And then later in the week, it was, um, the Donald meeting with, with Putin and MBS on, the uh, oil, cutting, the oil cartel on, on the, on the oil cartel on yeah. cutting that. Now, if you want to take Putin's word for it, that he's going to cut <laughs> <laughs> along with the Donald's, you know, go right ahead. <laughs> You know, but but that's that was propping up markets. You had oil, you had energy stocks. Um, you know, make a big big rebound. That's really I still good think, point. Yeah, I still think they're done, and I still you know that'll be like my play to like maybe short oil once it sort of kind of plateaus. Um, but that was like the one of the narratives in the last couple of days, and then that's that's propped up markets. Um. So, but you you still you still are 
Well, I'm not going to say confident, because it's hard to have confidence in, in unprecedented times. But if you had to guess, we're still careening towards 2,000 or less in the S&P. I would, I would, I would say so. Um, and, and I guess in this time, like, you know, you have to look at the health data as much as you look at the financial data. Sure. And yeah, the health data says it's, it's, it's going to be really bad. Yeah. Um, and it's going to spread into when, once it spreads into like more of America. Um, yeah, unless, you know, so short of like a miracle vaccine or something, we'll probably like theoretically we should, we should I mean, we should be at like 1500 by now. I mean, if, if, if the Fed hadn't come in, we'd be, it'd be, a, it'd be a disaster and the whole financial system would collapse. I mean, you'd have like those elements of what, you know, 2009, what we saw, but you know, so the Fed's come in, they've, they've saved the day, but at the same time, you know, reality is going to be reality. You know, you're going to, you can't, you can't, you know, hide people dying and, and people being unemployed and, you know, 20% unemployment. So yeah, you're, you know, you're once right. that, all those things happen, then, then yeah, you get, you get to some, uh, a world of, you know, sub 2000 S and P and then the fed has to come in and buy stocks. Cause it's, it's all they have left. It's the only other conceivable <laughs> lever that they have. Well, that's, yeah. in some ways, if you look back at 2008, right, um, so, uh, or even 2001, right, like, 2001 is a combination of correcting asset prices in the tech boom plus 9-11, which was uh, galling, but ultimately didn't have any structural impacts to the American economy. Ex- ex- Except save save the money that you know defense contractors made going into a war maybe, uh, then two thousand eight in some ways or in many ways completely different because it was a calamity of financial engineering and creating securities that had no real value which led to people losing their homes and job loss and like financial services but like those unemployment rates were not like catastrophically bad. This is something that is just like, no, there's no hiding from the devastation of a plague, right? It's completely yeah. different than anything we've seen in our lives. Um, so anyway, I obviously, there, so decoupling that, which is the S&P is going down, don't, don't buy the bear rally. I think we're, we're still consistent on that. I made a rookie mistake that I will learn from with SPXS, which is, if you get a, because of the mechanics of how it works, if you get up to $25, $28, it's probably about as good as it's going to get uh, because it's range bound to your point. So good job by you selling it. And you actually, uh, you got out at the perfect time without realizing it. You thought you sold too early, but you, you sold out right before the, the, the bear rally last week. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, there was that, there was the Monday, the Monday would be the yeah. perfect time the last Monday. And then, and then who would have thought? Um, but then you, you also you also took a flyer on TZA on what, Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. Oh, um, or right before the month end. So, yeah, the 31st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, the, that was the day that the oil cartel headline came out. Yeah. So you bought it at a high point. So, you listen, you're riding this wave like an expert. <laughs> I got to say. It's hard to go short, though. It's, it's just like it's one of those things. It's like you're rolling the dice because you know there's always going to be a short covering. Yeah. And you know, when I was saying before the market, the market, the way down is bumpy, right? You're going to have these, 
dead cat bounces and then you're going to get slaughtered with your short and then, and then you got to buy back in. So that's why it's like, it's so hard just to buy and hold as a short. Yeah. Cause then you're, yeah, you're just getting worked every, every day when, when it, um, you know, on, on all this volatility, which is just a way of saying that like, if you're going to play this game and listen, I'm, I'm still down 17% on my SPXS cause I didn't get out, uh, before the bear rally. Um, I'm just hoping to make my money back and hopefully a little bit, but you know, it's good. It's going to be a ride. Uh, lesson learned in that if you're going short, if you end up ahead, uh, get out soon. And even yep. if you miss some of the upside, you'll never regret getting out while you you know can make 12% in three days or sometimes that can happen when you take a short. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's, it's a tough it's tough so one, but you know that's that's what it means to like live on the edge or to be, feel alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. It wouldn't be black tar heroin if it were easy. That's right. <laughs> you gotta you gotta lose your marriage, your kids, and your house. <laughs> that's right. Like that's why it's like you know it's like man, I wish I would have bought Tvix at like the perfect time. I would be like I would be able to buy another house by now. But yeah. But that stuff, like you know, I've gotten so fucked on that stock, like however many so. So yeah, it's like one of those things that that one you only hold for like intraday because you can get fucked like just holding it past like three days. So yeah, it's like it's a you know it's always a short term short term deal going but, short. Yeah, Bro- broadly speaking, I, I mean the best possible outcome in all of this, if you're just talking about a fundamental investing strategy, is you you called this out that so and and we talked about it last week. Robert and I, but the tech, the tech monopolies have not been fleeced as much as the other companies for good reason, uh, to some extent. But if, if what we think is true about what's going to happen, it will be interesting to see. So let's say the S and P goes to 2000 for argument's sake or 1900, whatever. Um, how much does that, how much collateral damage does that ultimately create for the, the tech companies? Or do, do their valuations as they are now kind of like hold as as they become almost like a reserve currency for value investors over the next six months? I'm just interested to see that. Either way, I'm going to like buy up a bunch of tech monopolies. I'm still waiting because we think the bottom is coming. And, you know, I want to make a big play on the cyclical stocks that will have a much bigger reverb, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But... That's what I'm most interested to see is is how much how much drag do the tech monopolies see from all of this? Yeah, now that that's a really interesting question as far as because if the tech monopolies do take like a big step lower, it's because of a lot of the other stuff going on in the market, like the the need for cash, you right. know, massive defaults. So it's like the sell everything mentality would naturally just bring down the the, the those companies. Exactly. And then it would create like a value, but yeah, those definitely are safe. I mean, when you get in, you know, that's like the safest bet. You know, you just buy a bunch of Amazon and Google and Microsoft, and you can just ride it up. Yeah. You know, you won't. The, the beta's not that great, but at the same time, you know, you'll you'll make you'll make you'll make some good money. Yeah. That's a good one to buy and hold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I'm gonna wager all of my savings on probably airlines and eat crow or something stupid. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm again. I'm not buying in now, but if you are going to buy in, buy tech because you'll protect your downside at least to some degree, at least relative to the broader market. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. And I found out that like I thought I had a lot more capital losses I can carry over in stocks, but I think I'm I'm actually pretty even. You know, some of the stuff <laughs> you know, listening to you guys and 
you know, I've made some money these past couple years. And uh, so I was like, oh, man, I thought I had like a 50K cushion or something for tax-free. <laughs> but look, like I'm, I'm back to even. So now it's like, okay, I got to buy and hold for the year so I can be at the long-term capital gains. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, so I guess if you think about getting in, um, you know, you think about the long-term and just like buy and hold for the year because it's, it's too hard to like beat whatever, you know, short-term capital gains you might get. So yeah, get that 15%. That's how I feel like the, the wisdom here – this is the wisdom I feel good about. Let's say last week you're you're in the midst of the bear rally and you're afraid that um, that's that's the floor that the market will break out of, for argument's sake, and you don't want to miss out on the upside. The only thing I would say is that from where we are now, it's hard to imagine. So we're all, we're a shade below twenty five hundred in the S and P. It is very hard to imagine that in the next one to three months, it goes much higher than that. The best case scenario is it's sideways. The mm-hmm. likely scenario is that it's down materially. So why not wait um, uh, at least another month to see how low it goes before you decide to buy back in? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, and the dynamics are different, but, you know, they used to say, you know, April's not so great of them or, or could be like kind of like usually a peak month. And then they say sell in May, go away, because, you know, all the traders go on vacation out. They probably won't be doing that this year. <laughs> but, um, you know, usually May is like kind of the, the, the down month and the summer is sort of like this lull yeah. in valuations. So, you know, maybe, maybe you know, who knows if it holds true this time. But, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like thinking on the horizon and that, that, that might be the play. Are there any other – is there any other things you might not be willing to go there? Are there any other companies you're looking at that you just, or, or black tar heroin plays that you're thinking about doing that you haven't done yet, but are in the back of your mind? I mentioned shorting oil. So, you know, once oil plateaus and like kind of where the barrel's at, I think we're at 28, you know, if we get in like the kind of thirties and it, and it sort of flattens out for a couple of days, you might look at buying SEO. That's the black tar heroin play. Cause oil, I think that was down. I think like, maybe 50 percent this week because you know you're you're trusting that putin cuts and you're trusting yeah. that you know and and also during recession times um like opec producers they're always just uh, more incentivized to just cheat yeah. and to um you know it's like economic theory they're more incentivized to to uh, break the cartel so you know and, and also we're running out of like storage capacity for oil so you might see oil you know you could see oil touch the teens again, um, so I might so I might do that. That's the black tar heroin play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of liking Beyond Meat these days. I've been eating a lot of uh, Beyond Beyond Meat sausages. They're they're, they're delicious. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know it's cheap now. I think it's like in the fifties. I know um, you guys got in the seventies. You wrote it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe some of those plays. But in the short term, yeah, you know, just just wait, I guess, to, 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 to get into your lungs. I have I have a secret, not so secret ambition to work at Beyond Meat because their office is in El Segundo. Nice. It's not far. I'm, yeah. I'm, can... I'm trying to set us up there. I'm gonna ride that fake sausage wave. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's good. Yeah, if you if you do get a job, get get it like a. I always want to petition to get like a low sodium version because it is it is kind of salty there, but. Uh, to further for the health, but yeah, that'd be awesome if you can if you can hook it up if you can get the hookup. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. What, sir? What experience do you have in food engineering? None, uh, <laughs> but 
I don't know. You guys seem cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have my eye on nothing, by the way. I'm just trying to get out on, on the green on SPXS. So it, it does feel a little bit preser- perverse because I'm just like, I'm like secretly rooting for a week where the S&P sells off 20%, uh, <laughs> which is a bit sinister. But uh, hey, that's, that's why it's black tar heroin and not wholesome oatmeal. <laughs> the opposite is. Yeah, what is what's up? The market's behaving like rationally. Like when you see like these like you know up one percent down, we're like oh that's so boring, you know because we've yeah. been you know now you know early March we we're conditioned. That's for these like four percent drops. That's my the whole point from the beginning. I can't square the circle because I'm like yeah, every, intellectually for me every day I look at the news and get more and more depressed and scared, <laughs> and the market's just like oh yeah up fifty basis points. Like, what? <laughs> It should be down nine percent. It's it's all that liquidity that's coming in, but you know, once once people hit reality, I think you know you can't you can't deny that. I think you can't deny the job losses and just the the destruction of demand. Yes. Uh, all right, James. What what are you gonna do this weekend? Uh, just kick it. I might I might I might do Trader Joe's run. Yeah. But I I, I like rolling out. You know. And in, in my N95, you know, <laughs> I, I, I like, I like, uh, feel like Bane on Batman. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. I roll out there. I like, I like double bag it when I go out. <laughs> <laughs> I got like a cloth one too. Do you do, do you do the Bane voice? Oh yeah, I can. I got, you know, when I'm at the checkout, when I have the cashier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, I, I thought these were two for a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We didn't do a supply run this week. We're just we're just gonna ride it ride it out on like BB goes and Lingling dumplings. But yeah, there you go. We YQ did go on a target run earlier to get a Nintendo Switch, so we're playing a lot of Mario Kart, which is exciting. oh sweet. Yeah, I'm a natural. I won, yeah, I won a- the Grand Prix last night. Nice, and you can get your workout with like the bowling game, the tennis game. Yeah. All the good, all the all those good stuff. Yeah, that's right. All right, brother. Well, thanks right, for joining, because Robert's a fucking asshole. Uh, yeah, what does he have to do? I don't no. know. It's unclear. It's unclear. We're all at home. You have yeah. No excuse. And if you aren't at home, what are you doing? All right, man. All right. All right. I'll see you. I'll see you next week, maybe. All right, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, man. Later.